Doctor Who Pod Shop. Okay, well, let's do it. No, I <laughs> you know, whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> <laughs> For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction television program with Louis Trapani. Hello. Ken Deep. Hello. James Norton. Hello. News. Fabulous. Reviews. Oh, no. And fan mail for James. Uh, over 40,000. Doctor Who Podshock from the Gallifrey Embassy and Outpost Gallifrey. You know, that guy James was really cool. Oh, yeah. What blew that? I'm the Doctor. And who are you? And who are you? Live from Verity's office in Lime Grove Studios, this is Doctor Who Podshock. <laughs> This is the second part of our 100th episode. Thank you for listening and being a part of the great success and fun you made possible in reaching episode 100 of Doctor Who Podshaw. Because this 100th episode is so mammoth, we are breaking it up into two parts. This is the continuation of episode 100. If you haven't listened to part one, be sure to get the podcast file immediately preceding this one. We now rejoin our episode 100 already in progress. Hello, my name's Wendy Padbury and you're listening to Doctor Who Podshock. Okay, we're... Our next update, Ken and I, are still en route. We're stuck in traffic. (laughs) We're listening to... uh, um, which episode is this? this? Is Wendy Padbury's debut? Wheel in space. Wheel in space. So um, we're a little frustrated because the traffic is very um, bumper to bumper and not moving. We were doing so well to this point. That's, <laughs> if you live anywhere in the New York area, you know that this is par for the course. And even though we're in Connecticut, we've hit traffic. We're in Connecticut on 91. We're passing the Webster Insurance Building, <laughs> somewhere between exit 17 and 20. I don't, I don't know where we are right now. We, yeah, just, I don't know. we passed a tractor trailer. There was a dog driving it. We didn't bat an eye. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> All right, well, we'll be back with another update, uh, maybe sooner than you think. Oh. 
Hi guys, this is Michael from the Tin Dog Podcast. Just wanted to congratulate everyone at Podshock for reaching episode 100. Well done, guys. Just think, if you had one show of Podshock for every Doctor Who story, you'd be right up to Stones of Blood by now. Hmm, I would say it makes you think. Well done, guys. Speak to you soon. Doctor Who Podshock. My name is Ken Deep, alongside my cohort and partner in crime, Mr. Louis Trapani. We are in beautiful Springfield, Massachusetts, USA, on a windy, slightly tropical storm-blown afternoon, and we are delighted for this episode to be with someone we are totally, totally, we're just so excited to sit and be talking with Wendy Padbury. The Patrick Troughton era companion that has more guy groupies than you can possibly shake a stick at. <laughs> we have one, a one friend, Dave, who we would be in so much trouble if we didn't tell you that that you are his favorite. You have a fan in Manche- Manchester, Manchester in the UK, yeah. And our friend Billy, who's here at the convention with us today, says you are his favorite companion of all time. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> it, does this still amaze you? It's, oh, it's, yeah, it's totally... Especially since it's like 40 years almost, I don't mean to... <laughs> it is, but it is. It is 40 years, and it is amazing. I mean, it's... You would never have guessed um, all those years ago that... Well, that I'd be sitting here 40 years on in America talking about Doctor Who. I mean, it just was... It was a very small, low-budget, well-made of its time, uh, but very much a children's Saturday afternoon television show, you know? Mm. And... Uh, although it was great to be in it, at that point it was for a, a young actress and for, I suppose, for Pat and Fraser, you know, for, well, for all of us, it was another acting job. Uh, however much fun it was and however good it was, it was still another acting job in, in all our careers. So you'd never thought at that point um, that all these years later, here we are still talking about it. I mean, I know science fiction has a certain cult following, but even then, uh, even even with that, you you just can't imagine that little Doctor Who from Britain is is going to be this big. So since the show had a different scope at that time, or it didn't have the cultural, it wasn't such a cultural beacon as it is today, but it still was well known, it was still a staple in um, for British television, it's been it started in 63, and so it had a good six, seven years before you came on board. How was the reaction, I mean, to your, fa- how was your family's reaction to you being on a well-known series? Was this, um, I, 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 you know, was this your first um, really public appearance on a regular basis in television? Uh, no, it wasn't. Um, no, it wasn't. So it, it was, again, for my family, it was fun. You know, it was great. And my, I remember my niece and nephew were 
terrified at the thought yeah. that I was going to to be on and they really did do the classic hiding behind the sofa but no it was very it was another job and I'd done I'd been in a, se- a television series called Crossroads before in fact that was written by Peter Ling who wrote mm-hmm. one of my, yeah absolutely um, and so no it wasn't I'd been in a long-running series uh, and done theatre and other television so it was just another really lovely job to have um, for somebody young you know in, in early on in my career it was mm-hmm. and I know I always say this but you know the fact that I was going to work with Patrick was just the the, the most amazing thing but it yeah it was just a it, another job great to get mm-hmm. lucky how lucky you yeah, know yeah. Um, because all, loads of actresses in London uh, auditioned as I'm sure they did for when Debbie went in and uh, who, whoever followed you mm-hmm. know all the others there will have been a load of actresses um, grappling mm-hmm. for that job you know because it was it was terrific and it was it was well known well respected but it it wasn't massive you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a good BBC show, which is ironic, really, considering they didn't really take too much care of it and didn't think too highly of it. it was, I always find it rather bizarre mm-hmm. that the BBC managed to not brush it under the carpet exactly, but they weren't 100%. You never really felt that you they were 100% yeah, behind you, you know, yeah. saying you're doing a good job with a great show and we're very proud. You never got any of that feeling. But the production team itself seemed to care about it a great deal. The production team that itself. Shows, yeah. That's absolutely yeah. true. That's absolutely true. That That's the difference. Yes, we they were, definitely cared about it. We were it. just commenting, we were talking among ourselves, kind of myself, while we were traveling here, and um, after you, your character had left this the series, they went back and brought you um, back to a scene in Space Wheel, right? Yeah, um, so yeah, back to the wheel in space. So yeah. they cared enough, they could have just, you know, dumped we you off anywhere. But <laughs> <laughs> We were talking that they brought the actress back who you worked with the year prior. I was playing, I think, Tanya. It was, you, there was a scene at the end of the War Games yes. where you were back in your costume. From oh, yes, 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 they did. Was just you're a brief right. little thing. Yes, you were quite right. But they thought enough to get the original actress from a year prior, mm. come on back, put this outfit on, mm. come stand here, and you said... Which is bizarre, isn't it? Because they didn't think enough to perhaps keep the episodes that they'd made of other people, you know, of the mm. re- other stories. Yeah. It, it's also bizarre. Right, they I lost think. things, but they went through the trouble of doing a scene like I know. that. I it's, know. It's, yeah. it's, but I think the things that were lost, they were they were ditched. I mean, they were... Their the memos mm. and nobody would ever admit Mm-hmm. to being the one that right. went Lost yeah, presumes sure. that it was on a boat somewhere and it sank, <laughs> yes. but destroyed yes. is, is a, you know, well, that means accountability. If you the, said to somebody, yeah, we destroyed the episodes, yeah, then nobody, someone has to pay. Yeah, well, the miracle gonna, of videotape, you can record over it, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yes. But I most mean, of yours have survived. Yeah, yes, I did very well out of it. I think well. Debbie did very yeah. badly yeah. out mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did very well out of it. And now they're coming out on DVD, and, yes. and, and it has a whole new life. Yes, and they look good as well. They mm. look that yeah, the restoration they, team are doing an amazing job. They they look really smart actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was saying earlier that I think it's bizarre that often in the UK they won't um, when they when they if ever they're going to do it reruns of Doctor Who. Um, 
they start from John Pertwee because they don't think they don't the want British, the black and white. They don't want the black and white, which is ludicrous. Yeah, it is. And they just kind of undermine your audience immediately by telling them that they can't watch black and white, which is absolute madness because some of the best films ever. Of, of course, course. black and white. Well, you yeah. not show Citizen Kane on well, exactly. television because, exactly. because it's yeah, black yeah, and white. Yeah, it doesn't no, make sense. Exactly. exactly. Although some of yours, have, you know, now with the, with cable and satellite and the amount of channels that we have, they're starting to see, along with DVD, seeing a brand new life. Yes. It must be exciting. Is it like, do people come up to you, friends and stuff, say, oh, your, your Doctor Who came out? and No, but it's bizarre. People don't. But, but when I was an agent... Um, it was quite interesting because it wasn't until I left um, at the beginning of this year or the end of last year and decided to, to stop um, that a lot of the clients were saying, oh, what are we going to do? And and um, we loved the fact that you were in Doctor Who, uh, Doctor Who Girl. And now, But they'd never told me. So I'd been under the misapprehension all these years that most of the clients had no idea that I was an actress before and that you know nobody really re realized that i was in doctor who but it was like a little secret like don't say anything she was in doctor who it's hilarious. but meanwhile they they were all, all ecstatic yeah. and couldn't believe it yeah. you'll never believe who my agent yeah. is yeah it's hilarious so um had you worked with patrick troughton before no because it's a wonderful chemistry that i mean both um um, Fraser and yourself and Patrick had together. It's it, it shows on screen yes. so marvelously well that 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 there was something there. There was a magic there, a spark that that really, um, as you said, couldn't really be repeated. So no, exactly. Um, I don't know what it is exactly that makes it gel. It's you, in any other program, you know, if if those characters, you sometimes you see it and it's you've got it and sometimes it's not there. But I do think that we had a, a little something special going on and I don't quite know what it was or why, but it, it was really good. But I'd never worked with Patrick and I was daunted by the by that prospect only because A, I was very young and B, um, I, he was my favourite actor because I used to watch him in all the uh, Dickens classics on a Sunday and other things that he'd done on television. So I th always thought he was a fantastic actor. So, you know, it's a bit daunting when you know you're going to suddenly mm -hmm. be working with somebody that you admire um, on many levels because you suddenly think, oh, they might not, they might be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it might be awful. Or they might think that of you. Or they might think that of me. Or, you know, it could all go horribly yeah. pear-shaped. But, but it didn't. And then did you no, gain confidence from that? Like, that's something where of now, course. now when you were hit one of his peers... Yeah, no, of course, because he was the most generous man, um, man and actor. And, you know, what he was able to do was make a make you feel extremely and Fraser was the same make you feel extremely comfortable and welcome moving into something that actually was quite daunting not just going to work with Patrick but taking over from Debbie and stepping into those shoes mm -hmm. of of you know the girl in Doctor Who so Pat was just brilliant at uh, making you feel really comfortable and, and actually we live around the corner from each other we discovered so uh, we used to spend quite a lot of time together me with his family and mm -hmm. um and his wife and, and so you know we, we had a, a really nice relationship going on there yeah and it continued after I yes imagine. yes it did um I, I didn't see him as much as I would like to have done but uh, I, it was then that I don't know whether you've ever heard me say this but he he phoned me once and said because he was so private so private um 
and because I was 20 and it was a, a learning process for me to how to behave within the profession and if you're working with somebody of Patrick's calibre then you're bound to pick up you know some of that professionalism and I it, I always thought that the way to behave was exactly like Patrick behaved which was private your private life's your own you go but you go to work you do your best you have some fun but at the same time you're you concentrate on what you're doing to the best of your ability um, you don't get involved in press and blah, blah, all that side of it. So of course, when I came out, I, I, I you know, it was it, that's that's what I've learned. But he phoned me up, um, and when I knew that these conventions were going on, but never really, well, obviously never did anything about it, and um, always imagined that it would be the last thing on earth that Pat, you know Patrick would be totally daunted by the fact and he phoned me up and said he said I've got to tell you something and I said what and he said I've been to America and I said have you and he said yeah and I, he said I've been to a convention I said you're joking and he said no I have I have and he said I've got to tell you another thing as well and I said what and he said I loved it <laughs> and and I said I can't believe it and it was then that he said you know you've got to come because it's you'll love it you'll we'll have such a laugh and then, of course, it never happened. Was it at that time, because you had expressed earlier, um, that when you were doing the series, it was a job, and it was an acting job, and then you went on and moved on to other acting jobs yeah. and whatever was going to come around next. Was it at that time that you realized that, that people were now phoning you or trying to get in touch with you because of Doctor Who, that, that, that Doctor Who's grown bigger than it was when you were in it, and... And, and things have changed, and, and now there's you know there's demand for you. That yes, I I, I did realise that, but I, I'd just always been so sort of terrified. I think really mm-hmm. of of doing this, you know. It, mm-hmm. And I used to say, and John Pertwee used to say to me, uh, come, 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 just come with us, you know, and we'll look after you, and you, it'll be. Finally, mm-hmm. say I just. I don't see how I can do that. I just—it's I, too terrifying for words. It, and and it was JNT in the end that got me to one, mm-hmm. a small one in London, and then there was no looking yeah, back. But it was a piece of cake, right? Well, it's it's still, still not. Nervous? Yes. But you're doing terrified. Really well. oh, we're more nervous than you are. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. It's not uh, because I suppose I don't really. I don't perform. I don't mm-hmm. act. I don't do any of that anymore. So, it's really quite terrifying. Well, we're very grateful that you are doing it. <laughs> well, you're here. Yes. You get to see everybody. Yeah. It's the first time in the States in a while, isn't it? Yes, it is. A long time. Springfield, actually, I came 14 years ago. And, uh, one of the and it was the years. very, it was my very first American convention. And I moved straight from here over to Chicago. So I did two in the space of a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did, I think I did um, Gallifrey at one point in mm-hmm. LA. Yeah. And, um, and it's a long time, a long, long time mm-hmm. since I've been to America to, to do a convention. Well, you know, you don't have to be a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> you have an open invite. Yeah, an open invite to the States at any time. It's so close as well. Yeah. It's so quick. It's six hours it took me. That's oh, all. It was great. brilliant. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's, it's, and it's, I know. Another country, but it's just I as know. you know, Coca Cola and McDonald's <laughs> and all the things you have every place else. A couple questions. We had people online who posted questions that they wanted to ask, and and, and probably the question I think that anybody in the classic series who was involved in the classic series probably gets asked is their impression of the new series. Yeah, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, 
slightly peeved when I realised it was true that they were going to make it again. I mean, I think a couple of... I was with Colin at the time and we were like, no, <laughs> that's not right. They can't do that. But then that only lasted a moment. It's it, it, because it felt like ours and it, mm-hmm. you know, didn't want to hand it over yeah. to mess up. <laughs> but then when you realise that it was Russell T Davis and the, what was going to happen, then... You, it's like, okay, it's going to be great. And I know Colin and I spoke about together after the first episode we phoned. And what was his... Uh, oh, he thought, he thinks it's absolutely brilliant. But he's a massive science fiction fan anyway, mm-hmm. Colin, as I'm sure you know. And it, he just absolutely loved it, and I did too. And Chris Eccleston, I thought, was brilliant. He's a very serious actor. I, I, I personally prefer... David Tennant, but he's so gorgeous. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but my he wife is. calls him Doctor Hardy. Uh, oh, I, he I hear so it is. <laughs> I know. Oh, um, so we have the dreamy doctor. Oh, yeah, now. the dreamy <laughs> doctor. Yeah, um, it's not in the rules. Though. All this falling in love stuff, and you know, it can't happen. It's yeah. not in the rules. Yeah. It shouldn't. Yeah. It shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. I it's don't, a big I don't. debate. It's a big <laughs> is debate it a big debate? Oh, I yeah. was. I was I, joking, but is it a big debate? It's uh, it's a hot button issue. I mean, it all started in 1996 when they the Paul McGann the Paul movie, McGann film. And, yeah, yeah. And there was a kiss in there. Yes, there was. Yeah, and so that's kind of started the, this debate among fans whether or not it's appropriate or not appropriate because. Um, as you know, traditionally that there was no hanky panky going on in the TARDIS. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, I, I think it's wrong. I, I think it's a, yeah. an element that shouldn't be there. But you sort of, there was sort of a precedent set that it, that wasn't going to be like that. Yeah. But the, I think the show, my take is that the show is so well handled, and it's not really, it's not the focus of the show. And I think sometimes they do it because they know it's a little like like a little pin yeah. in the side. Like, yeah, of course they do. Of course well, they do. I, I, as long as it's unrequited, it's it's yes, it's, yes, it's not absolutely. Returned from the doctor, yes. then yeah. you know they, they need to find that balance. I think, and that's you know right now I think that they have. Yes, know. they're not having some torrid affair. <laughs> in the, no, no, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, no. Well, they had um, Elizabeth Sladen return for to reprise her role last year, and uh, she I, was very good as well. Yeah. In the I, I saw that episode. Yeah, School Reunion. Yeah. So I know you had said that you're no longer working. Would you, would you be persuaded to come back if necessary? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> oh, I'm sure no, you're disappointing no. a lot of fans out there. No. Oh no, I couldn't. Okay. Well, I really couldn't. I don't know why. I just it just 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 couldn't. Okay. Um, I, I think we should um, wrap up soon. Are we getting a we're getting the wrap up signal? Was that it? Was that? I, I think so. Yeah, uh, okay. I guess oh, heavens. You need it elsewhere. Oh, quick. <laughs> I know. I mean, just, just get the ball rolling. Because you know, we're, we're both conversationalists. We sit and talk. I know, and we're, I can talk as well. We're favorite subject, you know. Um, but being persuaded to return to the show, I mean, it, it, first of looking back like on the five doctors, I don't think that that, I, that was early when I first started watching Doctor Who back then. And I only come to appreciate it now that I've been a fan for so long. What each of those little scenes means with you, yes. with Frasier, with 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 everybody who who even just made a just did a little yes. How much it, how wonderful it is, and that's why it, you know you're saying that, and it's like, you know, Peter is supposed to be Peter Davison is going to be in the Children in Need thing. Yes, even I'd, for a little thing. Oh, for, for something like Children in Need, yes, I'd do I'd do mm-hmm. that. But um, well, you just going to what Ken was just saying right now. What that does is. At that time, I was just um, really 
getting to Doctor Who myself. And what that does, it had this long history at the time, because that was the 20th anniversary, and we in the States didn't see any of your episodes at that time. Oh, right. the, the, the Patrick Troughton episodes never, you know, up until that time, haven't been shown here. So that gave us a little glimmer, a window of, okay, who's this character, who's Zoe, and what's she about, and how does she, you know, so it opens up this window of now we want to explore the fact. Yes, yes, so, yes, yes. Um, that's why, you know, it's great maybe, you know, since Liz Slayton came back, the new fans, maybe young people today, will explore her episodes yes. in the past. And I want to see what she's done, and I think that's exactly what happened, I, the way Lewis is saying it, yeah. when I saw you in The Five Doctors, and I hadn't seen the black and whites, there was an anticipation, and then when they said, oh, we're going to show the black and white episodes here in the States, we said, great, we're finally going to see, and we started listing all the characters that we had heard about, and then there you were. Yeah. But you had a chance. Brighter, more clever than the Doctor. Oh, yeah. Bit of a genius. And you know, ahead of yeah. your time yes. like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There was a, yes. There's a side of Doctor Who girl that goes to the whole, what is that, Doctor? Why are we doing this? Where are we going? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. sort of air head thing yes. and Zoe wasn't like that and that sort of set a precedent you did have certain characters after that yes. that were going to know what was going on and you still had your fair share of screaming I did and they put you in a cat suit um, but you also had plenty of times where you said you know well I know what's going on or I had a photographic memory and all these things yeah. so yeah. yeah, you were sexy in between the ears, <laughs> you know, in, in addition to everything else, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so we want to thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. It's just a, a great honor to, as you took a little time out, come here, talk with us on Podshock. I know people around the world are delighted that you're out and doing conventions. I know in the UK they're spoiled because they get to see you a little more often than we do here in the States. But you have an open invitation to come here anytime, please. Thank you very much. Yes. It's been lovely. Thank you. And at any time you want to return to our show, we can even do it across the ocean as oh, well. Oh, yes, of course oh, you we can. Have all these Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. All these modern technology. Oh, yeah. Yes. So clever Thank stuff. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, I've been everywhere on the earth and the heavens above. Yeah, I've been everywhere on the earth and the heavens above. Seen every monster from A to Z, and every single one took a lump out of me. But I'm a time traveler, honey, and I can't get away from your love. Okay then, boys, let's get the guitar dismoothed. You'll be materialized. Easy, does it? James Norton. My name is Ken Deep. It's Doctor Who. Podshock. Podshock. Keeping you up to date. Let's let's move away from this train wreck and get into the news. <laughs> with star interviews. I'm very privileged to have here with me Mr. Murray Gold. It's Hello, this is Professor McCoy. The latest reviews. I gave it a one because it did have originality, did change the format. And lots of fun. Hooray! Presented by Outpost Gallifrey. Fantastic. Doctor Who Hardshot. But human beings are quite my favorite species.
try to do a Doctor Who podcast and you do a monkey around. Hi, Ken, Lewis, and James. Well, congratulations again on hitting 100 podcast episodes. That is a lot of podcasting. And, uh, you know, good job on you. Uh, those who maybe don't recognize my voice, it's been a while. Hi, I'm Russ from Ramble with Russell. And you can um, catch my show if you look in the um, picks section on the Gallifreyan Embassy website or, uh, you know, if you're looking for some other talk and maybe a little bit of Doctor Who talk because I occasionally do that, you can go to ramblingrust.livesin.com Okay, there ends the shameless plug. Uh, thanks again uh, for um, doing a great job uh, keeping Who uh, Talk alive on the net. Uh, Ken, Lewis, and James, I've enjoyed the past podcast where I've been able to contribute to the show, and I look forward to doing it again. Unfortunately, haven't really been able to take part in the live um, shows because TalkShoe doesn't like me, sadly. I've tried and tried, but can't get on that. But uh, hopefully uh, when you get more into production shows, I can contribute some more in the upcoming years, uh, upcoming months. And uh, let's hopefully we'll see you at, at 150, maybe even 200. I'm coming up close to 100 on my show. Uh, and probably next year, so uh, I hope to be joining the 100 Club with you guys in the near future. Thanks again. Uh, I know we all out here in the Whoverse appreciate all the hard work you've done, and I know, uh, just like more than anybody, how hard it is to put together a weekly show, and I'm just one person, let alone trying to coordinate two other people. So, um, good uh, good, uh, job, folks, and um, 100 more. And... uh, Thanks for listening to me ramble, because that's what I do. Bye. And we're back with Doctor Who Podshock, Ken Deep, James Norton, Louis Trapani, episode 100, our centennial 100th episode. I, I feel like there should be some fanfare or maybe some Tonight Show music or something. But we are pleased to have Mr. Jeff Smith on board with us, our Podshock promo winner. And, Lewis, would you tell everybody a little bit more about the uh, what what Jeff has won? <laughs> he won a brand-new car. Da-da, 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 da-da. A lifetime supply of rice alone. <laughs> Well, San Francisco treat. Earlier this year, we uh, many of our longtime listeners will uh, remember that we had uh, originally received this mysterious like mashup um, of us that someone sent in, and that inspired us to start an uh, exposition on our uh, podcast on create a podshot promo mashup, and we've gotten many. We were inundated with, with many entries, and all of them are really outstanding. And in my eyes, I mean, they're they're all winners. Uh, and uh, but we had agreed saying that you know for the, the there will be like one promo that all three of us, Ken, myself, and James, uh, would uh, kind of agree upon would uh, be one of our favorites, and um, and kind of like wrap up the criteria that we were looking for in a promo, and 
that turned out to be a promo done by our guest with us today, Mr. Jeff Smith, who you've heard of before on Dr. Who Podshock because um, way back when there was um, we did an episode where we featured one of Jeff's uh, musical num- uh, songs called Rose, and we had it at the end of our episode, and we introduced it saying, you know, here's a song by Jeff Smith, um, you know, named Rose, and many of our listeners kind of went into a mode thinking, oh, well, it's like a filk singer, you know, <laughs> type of song, and it was nothing nothing like that, and it, we got a lot of feedback at that time saying how great that song was, and um, we're very honored to have uh, Jeff Smith with us right now, and um, uh, but getting back to what Jeff, what we what we did with Jeff was, uh, we said that who you know, as far as this promo con um, expo goes, that we would, uh, as a token of our appreciation for the promo, we would, uh, you know, give the one that we like a little uh, gift, uh, and that gift was an iPod Nano, and um, so I'm happy that we're. That we were able to accommodate Jeff for the Nano, and we're we're very pleased with the promo. I'm very happy that you accommodated me as well. And and hello, <laughs> hi. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long intro. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I went out for some coffee. I'm back now. <laughs> Just like everything in Pachak, everything's longer than it needs to be. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> First off, we had a tough time picking a winner. I mean, we really we we <clears throat> knew. When when this whole thing started, that uh, Doctor Who fans and sci-fi fans are extremely creative, and when all the entries started coming in, first off, we 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 got more entries than we could ever imagine, and then to sift through them all and decide on one was, and I and I asked James and and Lou, they're just they're going to tell you it was it was very very difficult, but we yes. we picked you, Jeff, and you your promo just was awesome. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was actually really fun doing. I was a, a late night, several beers with me in the studio and just having a good time. So <laughs> best way, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> so are you, Jeff, you're a musician, um, you know, in addition, like some people just will go and say, okay, I'm going to rock out some samples on, you know, on my computer, but um, do you have a band or, or do you perform? I do. Like- I, I, do. I'm, I actually do numerous things. Um, my main quote day job is I, I help run a piano bar uh, here in Nashville. So that's, I show up to work every night and play Billy Joel and Beatles. And <laughs> uh, that's, so I clock in, that's my, you know, it's my day job. And then of course I, I do uh, play in some bands around town, you know, Nashville is not a shortage of, of opportunities to play. And then, uh, and then I do production work in my little home studio. And so I'm, I'm always, it's real easy for me just to walk up in my, the spare bedroom here at the house and, flip on the computer and and kind of start working on a little project and the and the promo was just one of those things i just thought like i really wanted to jump on so cool well we appreciate it definitely and um and obviously you're a doctor who fan because you're a podcast listener yeah uh, how did you become a doctor who fan uh i let's see i was living in tulsa oklahoma at the time i think i was a young kid and I would get home from school, and I think at 4.30 on whatever PBS station it was, was the Tom Baker stuff. And so I just started watching it. I had an affinity to British things anyways. You know, my parents, my my mother's an English teacher, and my father's a musician as well. So we typically had a lot of sort of more... Unusual? It was usual tastes, and my mom was always reading us, you know, you know, we were always reading a bunch of, you know, British writers around the house. 
mm-hmm. not like we're these brainy people, but you know, we, we definitely liked a lot of interesting, quirky stuff. And I guess I'm an interesting, quirky person. So I uh, started <laughs> watching the show and I have this sort of habit of getting into something full on. So once I started watching the show, a few weeks later, it was around Christmas time, I was given a little cassette recorder. And uh, this is before VCRs. So I really wanted to like, I wanted to watch the show, but I wanted to take it in later. So I just would record the audio and I quickly, you know, taped an entire Tom Baker season because they, you know, they were half hour episodes every day. And, uh, and so then I'd have these, you know, when we'd go on family vacations, I would be listening on my cassettes of the Doctor Who audio that I'd taped. And, uh, and they it's just amazing kind of... how well they translate into <laughs> the audio medium. Well, it, it's it seemed, I've heard you guys talk about this before with some of the older episodes. It does really translate as an audio. I found myself occasionally like walking up to the microphone and going, the Sontaran just walked in with a ray gun and shot so-and-so. <laughs> that kind of thing. Of course, it's this, I, you know, or there'd be like a long, you know, chasing down the hallway scene and, and I would just, you know, kind of pop up. Of course, it'd be my squeaky little nine-year-old voice, I guess. But uh, and I recently my parents were kind of cleaning up the attic and and because uh, we I, I live in the same town now with my folks they're just up the road so they said hey Jeff here's a bunch of your old Doctor Who tapes and I've looked at them and I'm just kind of scared I don't know if I want to listen to them oh you have to <laughs> you get... that's a must now <laughs> yeah you have to you have to create a mashup of yourself as a boy <laughs> with all your narration I think first of all I need to find a cassette recorder boy that's the last time I've actually played a cassette that would be ah uh, analog those were the days yes remember yeah. those kids. But yeah, so uh, and then I, I, you know, through the course of growing up, uh, it's always been around. It, it, fortunately, wherever I went, PBS tended to have uh, it showing, uh, and it seemed like it took a long time to get new stuff, like Peter Davison or whatever. Um, and then I finally went to a couple cons um, in Nashville. I went to like a Colin Baker, Tom Baker thing, sure, which was which was really cool. Uh, both of them were. It's hilarious and and the the stuff that they were saying, and then eventually I went to one. It was like sort of this traveling show that had like like a bus. I can't. I'm trying to remember now. It's yeah, it was a trailer. A, yeah, a trailer. Deal. And John yep. Pertwee was was in that thing. So those are the <laughs> those are the three that I met. Yeah, he was in the trailer. They just unlocked him and <laughs> took him out, wheeled him out. That's <laughs> him. Um, and so yeah, it's all. And then the, then I think high school came along, and, and I I got involved in and in other things. And then for some reason PBS here in Nashville kind of dropped it. And so for a while it kind of fell off the map. And then I started with when the internet popped up, I started kind of oh, I wonder whatever happened to Doctor Who, and you know. And then that's right around the time that the the movie was coming out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and I was I think that was when I was living in Holland. No, that was '96, so I was still in Texas. Anyways, rambling, rambling. Um, I I started logging on to bbc.co.uk just to keep up with news because I noticed they had a, a Doctor Who site and they were still doing all the you know the radio, the big finish or whatever. And then the announcement came with a new show and I was like, well, it's time for me to start paying attention again. And um, and I've been sort of I I soon as soon as the first episode came out, I I found ways to get it and uh, sure and I've and always been trying to get it pretty as quickly as as it comes out. Thank goodness that uh, you know now. It looks as though with you know BBC America and Sci-Fi that it's um, pretty easy to they're they're kind of rolling it out quickly. Sure, yeah. The the wait isn't as long as it was on the PBS days. Uh, It's interesting how creative people gravitate to Doctor Who. 
Um, and and when I, creative, not just in an artistic way, but people who just kind of think outside the box. But definitely uh, from an artistic point of view, musicians, actors, um, artists of all kinds, writers especially. I mean, you see how many of the new series writers grew up on the show. And I wonder what it is about Doctor Who that makes creative people gravitate towards it. You know, is it, is it that, that limit, limitless possibilities that, that exists inside the show? You know, you, you're a musician. You, these, there's something about the show that speaks to you. Well, I was and, also an actor as well. Um, I, th- I think I was almost into theater more. Music came a little later when uh, I got my first guitar, and then I realized that, uh, whoa, this is uh, going to do well for me socially. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't think the, the girls are following me with the Shakespeare monologues. But um, I, think all, you, I think you're right in the outside of the box thing. Uh, I typically have a sort of a short uh, patience for a lot of pop culture, uh, although I, I like, you know, pretty much anything that's quality. But uh, I, I kind of like to be a little bit of uh, the, the weird, not the weirdo, but the guy that's into something that not everybody else is into. So it's almost like it's like my own little private uh, thing that not a lot of people are going to mess up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's and how just- I mean, that's. That's how it is. That's how it was in the, you know, the, the 70s and 80s for Doctor Who fans, because there was just, you know, the, the, the sort of really cult status. Now it's uh, fortunately, even though it's just hugely popular now, it's it's so well done that I think that even if it was the number one show on NBC, I think it would still hold quite a lot of artistic uh, and critical credibility. Yeah, I think the, the, the integrity in which it's made would transcend its popularity. And I'm sure that's the way it is. You know, I'd have to ask James if that's the way it is in, in the United Kingdom, you know? Hmm. I, th- I think so, generally. I mean, I guess it's, it's, I mean, I've said this many times before, both on and off the show, that I think it's obviously a lot more kind of popular here than it is in the States, um, just because it's kind of bred into the sort of the, the cultural mindset here. I mean, it gets to the point where, people see police boxes in the street and don't think of them as police boxes. They think of them as TARDISes, you know, um, <laughs> which you you just know then that, that it's kind of made it and it's a big hit. And, I mean, even now, um, the Children in Need is coming up, a big charity event here in the UK, and as many Doctor Who fans who are kind of... Uh, on the web and, and interested in this kind of things will know that, that Peter Davidson is making kind of a mini return, if you so to, if you, you will, you know, in a, in a sort of multi-doctor story written by Stephen Moffat. And I don't think that you could put that on prime time in the States, really, on a, on a charity show. People just perhaps wouldn't get it. But in a way, that's nice because whenever there is sort of a reference um, to Doctor Who in sort of more sort of popular uh american culture like i was watching family guy the other day and um it was one where they were parodying star wars and they you know were in the millennium falcon and they'd just gone to to hyperspace and they were like isn't hyperspace so weird and it was the the doctor who opening credits from the tom baker era and that, you know, is just priceless because you know that, you know, Seth MacFarlane or somebody at Fox or at Family Guy is a Doctor Who fan. 
And that's kind of nice as well because it's more obscure and more underground. So I guess in the States, obviously, it is more underground and kind of out there and going against the grain and sort of the underdog, whereas well, it is here, that's not so much the case. But I just think it's really cool and interesting. I definitely think that, you know, especially in the past few years with the advent of podcasting and, and um, all the different new media, I, I find myself watching a lot less television. But um, mm-hmm. it, it seems that, that Doctor Who fits into my sort of uh, philosophy of of how I get my content. And, and now, especially with, you know, uh, you know, shows like yours, you know, I can keep up with news about it and, and not have to. Uh, search the you know the websites you know you're doing all the work for me now so <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. but I mean Jeff you're no real sort of stranger to, to podcasting yourself I mean I, I know even before you kind of appeared on Podshock and started kind of sending us feedback and stuff uh, you were kind of almost quite famous in that you'd appeared on Adam Curry's show uh fairly frequently, either just by making jingles or um, stuff like that. Were you, was it, were you drawn to sort of podcasting um, because of the fact that you were a musician or, you know, how did you get into it? Was it really as a, as a result of, 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 of wanting to keep up with things like Doctor Who or, or whatever or, you know, sort of how did you get into it? That's a good question because uh, I think – I had been listening to NPR radio and, and hearing, you know, I think a one day that they were talking about it and I was really interested in it and I looked at it and, uh, you know, it had already been going on. And then not too long after that, iTunes released their, their, um, um, their sort of podcasting uh, service. Yeah, the podcast service. Yeah. And it just said, I'd said, I said, well, that's it. Okay. Uh, cause I had found myself really digging the whole idea of, of sort of time shifting and, and, Especially, you know, as a musician, I work late at night, so a lot of really good, for example, national public radio shows would be on at, you know, 10 in the morning, and I just, well, I'm not going to get that, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so that just fit right into my sort of MO, that's how I work, you know, because I'm such, I'm such a, I'm off the normal schedule of, of a 9 to 5 type of guy, so mm-hmm. whatever I can do to fit into my sort of you know, on the go type of life. That's good. So, and then I guess I was drawn to the whole Adam Curry thing. Cause I had lived in Holland and, and he's, you know, was quite a celebrity over there. And a lot of my friends had, had actually known him. And, uh, so I just sort of kind of found a niche, you know, doing a couple little wacky little bits on it and it kind of grew to more. And then, you know, someone else said, Hey, do you think you could do one of those for my show? And I said, yeah, sure. And, uh, and all this time we were, my, I was moving my family from town to town was we were at the time living in Arizona on our way to move to LA. And then we decided not to live in LA and we moved to the East coast and, uh, think with the, with the, you know, port- portability of computers, I was able to continue to, to, uh, you know, a keep up with all the podcasts and be, uh, be a part of it. And there, there's, Still, still there is today, but especially you know a few years ago, it just seemed like there was a, a an open arm embracement for all users to kind of bring something to the table. Um, mm-hmm. and I know that you feel that way with your show because you have so many great uh, people just contributing segments, mm. and I mean it's just makes it's it's a whole new way of doing content and entertainment. And I think why not? You know why not? Why try to do everything yourself? Why? Why not open the door up to let somebody who creative could 
just kind of lift your show up to another level. So, well, you have and an open I, I still invite. Keep up with, Anytime you Sorry. want to do a jingle for us, <laughs> yeah, it has an open Doctor invite for you. Who, Doctor Who, <laughs> Ken and James and Lewis too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think man will sue me for that one. <laughs> You'll have Marvel on the phone in a minute. Don't worry. Well, Jeff, for, again, we want to say thanks and congratulations. It was awesome. The, the promo is exquisite. Yeah, we Thank need you. to get it out there. We haven't really sort of distributed a lot of our promos or played them really I guess because you know we've kind of been lagging a bit behind recently with with circumstances and one thing and another but we're kind of catching back up with ourselves and oh yeah should, definitely we should really send that out and kind of distribute it because well, you know whatever whatever I can do to help you know I, I'll just kind of shout out to all my podcaster friends you know I mean that's a great thing about really this cool. community is that uh you know, that's what that's kind of a part of everyone's show is, is to sort of help each other out. And oh, make yeah, thing absolutely. Grow. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, mate. It's really appreciated. It really is. And uh, I mean, we should give you a plug. We haven't what? really sort of mentioned your your music, but I know that a lot of it is is on sort of the PMN. Well, it's also on um, iTunes, isn't it? Yeah, that, on I know iTunes that. as well. Yeah. I have an album on iTunes, uh, Jeff Smith, G-E-O-F-F -F Smith. Um, my website is thejeffsmith.com and it's. T H E G E O F F S M I T H, because uh, it was already a Jeff Smith. I guess he's a British guy, so so people always kind of are you English or American? Oh, I don't know. Where I'm from. <laughs> well, Actually, quite I think name, there's an artist named Jeff Smith with a J too, which I remember. Yeah, going to I, art school I, I, I registered the one with a J too, just in case people don't know how to find me. But mm -hmm. uh, I'm working on uh, a new record. You know, I've got uh, too many things. Too many things in the pot. You know, I'm kind of. I'm yeah. involved in the, the whole podcast thing. Well, is, is not only of, that, you did a live concert on uh, Second Life, didn't you? Didn't you? I recall I wasn't able to attend it, but I know we, as the Gallifrey Embassy, did a live. Uh, we went to Second Life to do uh, a celebration for Doctor Who's anniversary last November. Maybe we should do one again this November again. But um, it's a, a a great way to interact with other fans in yeah. a virtual environment and you did a, a, a live show there yeah that was a wild uh that was a very fun that was a fun night uh pod show island uh a lot of the guys that i know for, who work for pod show uh just kind of said hey you want this little corner of the of the sim you can have it which is cool because you know i don't know how to run stuff but so they they've done it up they've turned it into a little piano bar so uh i haven't had the time to do another show but i'm thinking now it's you know once once the holidays kind of die down, I think it's time to do another uh, all request night at the, the Jeff Smith Piano Bar. And uh, for real, you know, it's funny, James. I think one of the first times I think I probably ever got in touch with you was one night I was at like the Adam Curry Castle, the and the Tardis showed up, and I just sent a message, and all of a sudden, within like a matter of minutes these Daleks start showing up and just was <laughs> raging havoc. And, and all these people were like, what are these robots doing? And, and no one knew who they were. It was just hilarious. And, and I was just laughing and, you know, and to, to see Adam Curry going, these robots are driving me crazy. And then finally uh, someone said, no, they're Daleks. And then they poof, they disappeared. <laughs> I thought I was tripping or something. Yeah, I remember yeah. you sent us that picture. Uh, you, right. you took a snapshot of it. I mean, you included it in our podcast uh, way back when. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think James ended up showing up. Yeah, mm -hmm. I did, I think. And I really do love Second Life, but I never really get the chance to kind of jack in, so to speak, anymore. And Yeah, it it's, was, it's, uh, 
it's it's hard, especially when you're you got a you got real life going on, and then you got your your work. And for me, it's like if I got a spare twenty minutes, I could actually be, you know, producing a piece of music in my studio and sitting in my little avatar walking around saying hello hello yeah it, i mean i guess it's one of those things that it either you know if you're not careful i think that it can really sort of suck you in for a while and um yeah, you know it's, it's nice to kind of stray in there every once in a while and it's great that we can do the events and stuff but uh, i don't know if it, if i've got the time really to 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 go on there as much as i would like plus it's kind of a as a newbie it's a little bit confusing and i guess it takes some time to get to get into it properly but yeah it is definitely Absolutely. It could be really utilized, though. I mean, I, especially when I did my little concert, whatever, uh, you know, the people who helped set it up created little, you know, three dimensional links. You know, there was like a like a sort of a like a little cube off to the side that was like actual uh, a link to iTunes. And then there was I mean, really, it's like a 3D website in a way. And that and yeah, I, it is. I, that night of the concert, I actually sold a couple CDs and it was kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so I mean, another could, great way to distribute content, I guess, then. Exactly, yeah. And, I mean, I know a lot of people that just they do Second Life shows, you know, like their podcast is in Second Life, and it's just kind of bizarre, but <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to work all those. You know, I can, I can move, I can walk and fly, and that's about it. I don't know how you get your mouth moving like that. But. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I guess it needs a bit more time and experience, but. But I'm really anyway. I just want to say thanks again for the gift. Uh, it, it really is awesome. I'm kind of glad that we waited till the, the new one came out because yeah, now it's uh, advantage. Yeah, you got <laughs> video <Yeah>. now. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Oh, and it's got cover flow and it's got uh, um, yeah. The search function is, I mean, that is something that I've always wanted in an iPod. It's just to, to have that little alphabetical search. Mm-hmm. Oh, they they really oh, hit. Yeah. I think this is probably one of their, you know better i mean one of the best products they've come out with this and the iphone i think are going to be like really you know hard to the beat big sellers yeah yeah, yeah this, this year is the year of the the new nano and the iphone for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm picking up my apple stock right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was looking at that i wish i'd bought some a few years ago if only we yeah, could travel I had, back in time i keep on kicking myself because i had an opportunity but i didn't and now i'm regretting it because it was dirt cheap when I had that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Jeff, thanks so much for the promo. Thank you, it's yeah. been awesome. Thank you, that you've been, Thank you, James. For being on the uh, the pod shock. Yeah. Well, I any time, return. you know, I will, uh, you know, I, if ever I have a spare moment, I'll be, you know, whacking away funny little bits. So I'll thank you guys. Yeah, any oh, jingles, no. theme music, whatever, you know. <laughs> Not that we're putting any pressure on you, but. <laughs> <laughs> you will do you work for us now. Yeah. What, and, what we should do, should we should try to get like you know we'll do like an all star celebrity we'll try to get Colin Baker in and, and he can I can have him sing and we'll get you know somebody you know let's get get the real people and I'll produce a, a we are the world in distress yeah you're right <laughs> next children in need I'll I'll produce the the, uh, the we are the world stylings with David Tennant singing we'll do Doctor in a dress <laughs> instead. <laughs> All right. Well, we're well, going to thank you um, very much. I enjoyed this. This was fun. And yeah, we're going to during our upcoming break, we'll play the promo once again so everyone has a chance to uh hear the promo once again. And thank you so much, Jeff. It's been a sensation just uh having you on the show and uh hopefully you can join up, you know, join us again sometime soon. Cool. Thank you. I sure will. Right. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Dr. Who Podshot. Okay, well, let's do it now. 
dinner, whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction television program with Louis Trapani. Hello. Ken Deep. Hello. James Norton. Hello. News. Fabulous. Reviews. Oh, no. And fan mail for James. Uh, 40,000. Doctor Who Podshock from the Gallifrey Embassy and Outpost Gallifrey. You know, that guy James was really cool. Oh, yeah, we blew that. <laughs> I'm the Doctor, and who are you? And who are you? No 
your favorite hobbit? Do you refuse to acknowledge the existence of any Godzilla movie that stars Ferris Bueller? Well, fear not. Now folks like you have their very own podcast, Cinema Slave. Cinema Slave. It's a weekly show dedicated to the passionate discussion of all things film, science fiction, fantasy, horror, cult, foreign film, Hollywood classics, and everything in between. Cinema Slave. Check it out at www.cinemaslave.com or through iTunes. Just search on Cinema Slave, that's one word, and click subscribe. So simple, even a Gungan can do it. Excuse me. have 142 minutes of listening time and like science fiction? Then listen to the Jovian Gay Chronicles, available for free on patiobooks.com. In my four-part short story collection, I answer the question, what happens when humans cross paths with intelligent aliens that claim to be prophets from God? But don't worry, religion isn't an overbearing theme of the story. Remember, if you're looking for some hard science fiction to listen to, then the Jovian Gate Chronicles is right up your alley. For more information on how to download the free audiobook, visit www.thejoviangate.com. with the 100th episode of Doctor Who Podshock. And what a mammoth edition we've had today. I know you're probably looking at the, the time scale on your iPod or however you listen to this thinking, God, these guys are crazy. How can they talk for Doctor Who for so long? Well, it is our 100th show and uh, we know so that we So we wanted to make it 100 hours long. <laughs> exactly. And, and also we know that we haven't really been as kind of uh, prolific with the studio shows as, as we should have been, but obviously that's really been due to circumstances and so on. So we thought, why not just save up all that gold material that we have for, you know, a brilliant... Uh, bursting at the seams 100th episode so that's what we we have been doing but just to kind of round things off we we wanted to kind of just uh, mention a a few uh, basic things and and make some announcements Um, we'll 
we've been slipping in you know feedback throughout the show we'll get to your emails and so on in, in future pod shocks but i'm going to hand you over to mike who is going to tell us about uh, some conventions so mike take it away well, of course, uh, I think uh, hopefully everybody knows uh, at this point that uh, we're in the countdown towards uh, the 19th edition of Gallifrey One in uh, in Los Angeles at the Airport Marriott Hotel. Uh, Yay! February, Yay! Yay! February 15th to 17th, uh, 2008. That's uh, for those in the states. That's President's Day weekend, and uh, I, th- I think I'm right about that. That's President's yes. Day. Am I got the right? Yes. Holiday? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're, in Ontario, we're still waiting for our new winter holiday that we were promised in the last election. So, uh, <laughs> with any luck, it'll fall on the same day. It'll be hot. See, that's day. what we need. We need a, uh, one of these um, candidates to promise us a new holiday. Then I'm sure that candidate will win. Well, it was a liberal promise. The liberals won. So that's uh, that's that's the hope. Seasonal uh, you know, effective Those disorder liberals, day or they something. Always want holidays. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> well, All they we're, want we're... is days off. We're lean on the holidays here. We got nothing between New Year's and Easter. So, uh, anyway, uh, the uh, the guest list at this time for uh, the Nineteenth Symphony of Gallifrey One is uh, Sylvester McCoy, uh, the Seventh Doctor, of course, uh, Ace, uh, as, uh, as Sophie Aldred will be there as well, and Daphne Ashbrook, uh, who played Grace Holloway in the uh, the TV movie. The first uh, girl to get kissed by the Doctor. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing her as a guest. She's the the one uh, one big guest from the TV movie that I've not uh, been able to see at a convention, and I, I think she did Gallifrey once many years ago, yes. right after the TV movie, and hasn't been there since. Actually, I will say this: I mean, I, I've been going to Gallifrey for uh, a few years now. None of these uh, these actors have been at any of the Gallifreys I've been at. So, uh, if they've been there, it's a, it's a long time ago. So it'll be a welcome return for them to uh, to Los Angeles. And uh, rounding it out, uh, we also have uh, back again uh, Stephen Moffat and Paul Cornell, uh, writers from the new show with uh, mm-hmm. with new episodes in series three to, to talk about. And uh, it'd, be, it'd be great uh, it's great to have them there again because I mean uh, they've been uh, I mean Paul's Paul's been going to that convention uh, longer than uh, most people I know. Stalwarts, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, and and Stephen the last couple of years, and uh, they're always uh, uh, lots of lots of good stuff to say about uh, about the latest episodes for the new series. Mm-hmm. And uh, and these two crazy guys, or two at least two, if not all three, crazy members of uh, Doctor Who Podshock, apparently are going to be in attendance. Well, and Mike as well. Yeah. And Mike as well. And, the uh, Canadian correspondent. Uh, yeah, I'll be there, and I, uh, I'm hoping to meet. Uh, as, I've never met any of you guys in person, so it'll be great I'm, for for everybody to to get together and and see each other, you know, face to face, and uh, and. Um, meet up at the bar or the restaurant or where whatever it is that you do to socialize at, at yeah. such an event. Well, I'm lost through the door. It's, it's, it's That's how we're bar. trying to we're trying to lure James over by by mentioning the bar as often as we can. <laughs> no no Ken, I'm not I'm not quite a, a raving alcoholic yet. <laughs> and they got this, After say this that weekend I may be but, <laughs> this yeah. hotel has a pretty good bar with a pretty good selection uh, of draft. Uh, uh, now Valley's tempting. Stop and uh, <laughs> I spent uh, the, the, at the Marriott the last couple of years. I spent a lot of time down there. <laughs> James, you could do a rough, ready, and raw episode right from the bar. Right from the bar. Indeed, all of us together. That might actually be what, what happens with the Podshock episode if we record it there with the amount of alcohol that we'll be all consuming. It, it could, it might not go down well. I don't know. And if but, if uh, Homeland Security allows me to bring my laptop with me across country, I will. Uh, 
I'll be doing a few uh, live reports from the convention. Um, I don't know where and when, either on the site or maybe on MySpace or something. Someplace I can po- post some quick things, quick notes um, in real time, if entirely possible. So it should be a, a good time. And then looking ahead um, in April, of course, is uh, our annual Long Island science fiction, fact, science, fact, fantasy and fiction convention. And it is, of course, Icon. Uh, This year is Icon 20. If you give me a second here, I'm I'm punching it up on Hello Computer. Uh, I think it's 27. It is Icon 27, April 4th, 5th and 6th. 2008 at SUNY Stony Brook. It's uh, State University of New York at Stony Brook, Long Island, New York. And uh, there's no guests announced just yet. Usually they announce their guest list starting in January. Um, so you may want to hit iconsf.org from time to time. And ask for a Doctor Who guest. And actually, let me give you out the, I'll give you the email address to request a Doctor Who guest. And of course, be polite and, and be efficient in your writing. Um, Doctor Who fans are familiar with letter and email writing campaigns. Media at iconsf.org. I-C-O-N-S-F.org. Media at iconsf.org is the email address where you can say, hey, listen, you know, I'm a, a Doctor Who fan. I'd love to attend the convention. Is there any chance of a Doctor Who guest this year? It, it, look, if we're not vocal, if we don't let people know that, that we're interested in, in a Doctor Who guest, um, you know, how do they know to go out and, and try to, to obtain one? So, yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. even yeah. if you're not going to the convention, don't say that. But even if you're not, if they get a Doctor Who guest, we can interview them for Doctor Who Podshock, and you'll get an interview with a Doctor Who guest. So, um, well, that's an eight. <laughs> uh, would, you, would you chaps mind if I open up this? I've been saving this bag of Bassett's Jelly Babies. Can I eat during the show? Is that all right? Why the hell not? It's our okay. anniversary well, show. I have a friend What's over. A friend over in the UK right now, and she promised to bring me back a fresh bag. So I'm, I'm tapping into these. Here's Probably. one for you, Lou. There thank go. you. Happy huh? 100th episode. So I would like to uh, thank the many guests that we had on today's show. So, sorry, Lewis. Just just before we uh, carry on, okay. I just wanted to mention that um, even if I can't get to um, Gallifrey this year, I will once again be going to Who in the Cavern, which is Ooh. Who in the Cavern number three. Uh, and the confirmed date right. is the 4th of May, 2008. Uh, that's a Sunday, in case that's you're in Liverpool, flipping right? out. That's in Liverpool, in the old Cavern Club where the Beatles first, well, where they used to play a lot. Um, and confirmed guests so far include Barry Letts, Chris Gard, Nicola Bryant, of course, who played Perry, and uh, Terence Dix. And there are hopefully going to be a whole load more. Um, the last year, I think the... The one that I didn't go to, um, the tickets sold very, very quickly. Um, but they're only 25 quid uh, and a tenner for kids. So I will definitely be heading along to that. Uh, I may even drag my girlfriend along to it. Who knows? Uh, mm. She can be my assistant or whatever and, and help me out. But, uh, yeah, it's if you go to whointhecavern.co.uk, uh, you can buy tickets online. There's information about guests, um, there's, there's all sorts on there and, and press releases and everything. So, yeah. Sorry, Lewis. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, that's, that's to, good. Well, you know, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. One of the things that, that Mike stuff. wanted to mention before we before we round out the show was um, by the time this episode goes to air, uh, we'll be sitting on 
that's a TV term, sitting on. Uh, we'll be sitting on the, the broadcast on Christmas of Voyage of the Damned, which will be this year's Doctor Who Christmas special uh, with Kylie Minogue as the, the guest star. And um, should we ring a spoiler warning on this? Have we talked about it a little bit? Yeah, why not? We can do. Yeah. We never really seem to bother about spoilers before, but <laughs> if you do, then stop listening and see you later. Go on, go on, uh, The Voyage of the Damned apparently taking place on the Titanic this year, and Kylie Minogue playing a, a maid. Is that the scoop? Um, Seems to be the scoop, but the, I'm I'll, not I'll sure. Let, I'll let Mike throw some scoops around, because he always knows all this stuff. Oh. You know what? You've made the wrong choice today. I've been avoiding spoilers like the plague on this uh, <laughs> on this one. I know nothing about it. Is at, it, at, is at it the tavern in Canada? Um, it doesn't look like it. Uh, actually, right now, we don't even know if the CBC is picking up Series 4. Uh, we're kind of waiting uh, to see Voyage of the Dam to see if the CBC gets a credit. Uh, for co-production, as uh, being whether or not uh, they're going to even co-producing the next season, because uh, really? they don't, the CBC doesn't announce these things. Usually, the BBC announces them, and we haven't heard anything this year. So, but it's, uh, it's got to be a, sh- a surefire thing because Doctor Who's been doing so well in Canada. It, it, it has, uh, but you have to balance the great success of Doctor Who with the the incompetence of the running of the CBC sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. And there there are some great cheerleaders for Doctor Who at the CBC, and some people we've dealt with that that really love the show. And then, and then there's people that that just don't seem to want to know about it. And uh, certainly the the regime that. Uh, that that brought in Doctor Who, the, the 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 head of the CBC that brought in Doctor Who and brought in Torchwood, he's gone, and his people right. are gone, and they've got a new uh, bit of a new philosophy there. So uh, we're, uh, we're we're waiting. I, I know somebody will show it if if they don't. Uh, I I still think that uh, we will get Doctor Who on the CBC. We're just a little nervous about not having an announcement yet. Yeah. Uh, somebody did, did mention it at our at our anniversary tavern yesterday that. Uh, there is a, a, currently a hole in the broadcast schedule on Boxing Day from 8 till 10 p.m. Who knows? Oh. It, 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 it could happen. Uh, I'm just, I, I, I guess I don't want to get too excited. Right. Uh, you just, uh, just so as to avoid disappointment, basically. Ex- exactly. So uh, uh, we'll see. But uh, in, in terms of anything else about the special, I, uh, I run away when people start to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. It's just, the Christmas special is maybe the, the one really good chance you have of, I think, of avoiding spoilers, <laughs> about knowing what's 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 going to happen. Yeah. Well, so far, all I've heard about it is that, well, obviously, it continues on from Last of the Time Lords and also Time Crash, of course, the Children in Need special, um, in which the Titanic crashes into the side of the, the TARDIS control room and all that we that I've heard about it is that it's set obviously in 1912 because there was kind of a, a rumor out there for a while that it was actually set in space where the um, the Titanic was actually a spaceship and all this kind of nonsense um, that a bit of an enlightenment there yeah I <laughs> I don't know um, but basically as you might expect an alien menace sort of infiltrates a launch party because obviously it's got to be something alien otherwise you know why would the titanic have crashed into the tardis i guess i don't know um but that's all that we know and you were indeed right the um kylie minogue uh does indeed play play a waitress interestingly though um she was at i heard on the bbc um news website 
I think it was a, a fair few months ago when they were actually filming in July that several pensioners, uh, se several elderly oh, yeah. members of the public actually mistook Kylie for a waitress because of her costume while they were filming outside of <laughs> a, uh, a hotel, you know, and, and asked for cups of tea and uh, such and such. And But apparently Kylie <laughs> saw the, the very funny side of things and, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was uh, all a good laugh, so... Uh, just goes to show you that how awesome Kylie is, and I really can't wait to see her in this. I know that she's just going to be amazing. And uh... well, there's there's some rumors uh, that well or that she mentioned in the press that she would be uh, pleased if they asked her to return to the show. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, I don't know if that gives us a hint to her making it out of the Voyage of the Damned. Uh, uh, I've heard some rumors as to what her character is, or who her character is, and and what happens. Uh, and I won't say them because, let's face it, let's not totally spoil, you know, yeah. uh, not to mention that for all we know, it it may not be true um, mm -hmm. it, coming out of the tabloids, although we've learned that everything out of the tabloids seems to be true. Well, uh, yeah, because I mean, usually. Initially, <laughs> initially, even Kylie Minogue, um, when she was reported to be appearing by the tabloids in this episode, uh, Russell T. Davis completely dismissed it and said that it was a load of rubbish. Um, but then later, actually, Kylie released a statement saying that she would would be in the the episode, and then the BBC confirmed this like way back in July. So, you know, I think that it's getting harder and harder to tell with the tabloids whether or not they're actually you know onto gold or whether it's just a load of nonsense. Because you know, who knows? Maybe even um, Steve, uh, Stephen Moffat uh, quelling the rumours that James Nesbitt is going to be. The 11th Doctor, that might turn out to be true. We just can't tell because the, I think the BBC are trying to keep their, their hat on spoilers and things, but, you know, we really can't tell whether or not they're, they're being truthful anymore and the tabloids seem to be right 90% of the time, if not more. A friend of a friend is um, a contact of mine um, through one of the subsidiaries of the Beeb, and uh, I tried to to prod her for a little bit of information uh not really information but was more being facetious like being funny like you know what can you tell me and tried to tell me something along the lines of uh, well you know we're all signed to secrecy and i want to say i wanted to say to her I, I was being polite but i wanted to say don't you realize that everything is already out there <laughs> like you know <laughs> like okay well the sun reported everything 100 percent accurate so your attempts to keep things under wraps aren't really working very well mm-hmm well, but anyway, Lewis, sorry to have interrupted you, no, Major. Okay. What did you have to say? I just, well, in closing of the show, I just wanted to thank everyone that we had on board on this 100th episode of Doctor Who Podshock. And uh, we had the lovely, uh, well, we had the pleasure of interviewing the lovely Wendy Padbury, who plays Zoe in this Troughton era of Doctor Who. It was a great little um, interview that we had. We had a great time spending uh, time in Massachusetts and also. Um, Thanks to um, Paul Scott Aldrich, the, um, the One organizer. of the organizers of United Fan Con, yeah, who's uh, always given us a lot of support. It was a we great convention. To, um, look forward to seeing him again at Icon. He's a, a regular at Icon yeah, every year. Yeah. So uh, if you have an opportunity to attend one of these uh, conventions, definitely make it your point to. Um, and they very, always have a Doctor Who guest. So very fan friendly, too. Yes. They're, they're run by fans for fans. So it's sort of like Doctor Who Podshop. And. 
Uh, also, thanks to uh, Mark Schuster and Tom Powers, the authors of The Greatest Show in the Galaxy, The Discerning Fan's Guide to Doctor Who. It's a great book. I really recommend everyone um, picking it up. And um, you may look at Doctor Who stories in a different way, in a different light, and uh, next viewing of them, you know, catch a different perspective of what's being uh, said in them. And um, so check that out. And uh, give them... Um... Sorry, Lewis, I wanted to give a few shameless plugs if we could. Well, uh, one of the things uh, that I noticed well, before you do, Hold on. Ah, <laughs> just boy. before you do. And Jeff Smith, the musician that um, we also interviewed in today's show as well. I want to thank him for being part of the show. May I go now? Yes. <laughs> uh, first off, uh, you can always uh, email us at feedback at podshock.net. Uh, is one of our ways of one of the ways of, of contacting us. And don't forget that for um, North America and for the UK, we have a Podshock store. And the reason I'm bringing that up is that last January, um, the U.S. store ran a special where shipping was free. So I'm hoping in the post-holiday uh, shopping spree when we get to January of 2008, perhaps they'll have they're off, they will offer free shipping again. So that's something to keep your eye out for if you were um, perhaps looking to save a couple bucks and, and pick up that pod shock item that you were, you were hoping to pick up. Or, you know, you can always ask Santa Claus as the holidays are heading in for, um, for a little stocking stuffer, a little something under the tree, uh, pod shock wise, to show your support for the show, show that you're a Doctor Who fan and a pod shock listener. We appreciate it. Um, any proceeds from that go back to helping uh, keep the servers up and keeping the um, keep Podshock going. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Thank you, Mike, for being part of uh, the show as well. And Mike, terrific. tell Canada we said hello. I, I shall. <laughs> it's uh, great to be back on the show, and uh, especially after such a long time. Yes, definitely. Yeah, great to have you, Mike. And here's to another 100 episodes of Doctor Who Podshock. Yay! I'll have a jelly baby for that. <laughs> I'll save a red one for that. You know the red one's always the best can. There's a red one. Or oh, good no. Red dye number two, right? All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So cheers, everyone. Take care. Cheers. Thanks a lot. We'll see you again soon. See ya. been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan run Gallifreyandembassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net
something of a genius, of course, it can be very irritating at times. All right, here we are. Ken and myself are driving home from United Fan Con. It's Sunday night. It's around uh, 7 p.m. Standard time, yeah. Standard time in the U.S. And um, we are just completed a two-day convention. We had the, uh, the privilege of interviewing Wendy Padbury. We just also... She closed the convention with a Q&A. And that was great fun, by the way. The, it, the last Q&A was, was excellent. Yes. Yes. Well, Wait, first, we have to say the convention was a blast. Uh, Paul Scott Eldrad, who puts the convention together, did a spectacular job. He and his staff uh, were just have a, a, a very well-run, well-organized, fan-friendly convention. And I, and I have to emphasize fan-friendly. Yeah, it's um, put together by fans for fans. No paying staff. It's uh, everyone's volunteering there. Volunteering. Had a nice dealer's room. Uh, great panels. Great Q and A's. The autograph sessions were well organized and uh, a lot of fun. And the, Wendy closed the convention. She was the final uh, final program of the day with a Q and A, uh, and it was fascinating. Some of the things because when you're there uh, an entire weekend, some some things become a retread. A few stories, you know, will will get told multiple times because there may have been some people that weren't there uh, the day before or the first day. But uh, we actually got on a, a little tangent, which Lewis and I were just speaking about that we wished we would have recorded or even uh, had a chance to follow up on for the podcast. Wendy was talking about Doctor Who and the Seven Keys to Doomsday, the very first stage play of Doctor Who with uh, Trevor Martin as the Doctor. And Wendy didn't play Zoe, played a different character, but she was involved in the play and uh, was uh, telling us a little bit about the production. And that was great because, as everybody knows, there, there, aren't, any, there aren't many records, uh, books or scripts or videotapes or TV. There's no real, uh, there's no way for Doctor Who fans to, to, if you weren't at the actual stage play, to find any information out about it so this was great to hear a little bit and get a first-hand recounting of, of yeah. that production what i found interesting was that uh her character was it, the, the play was actually interactive with the audience because her character along i think with another the male were, lead yeah were situated in the audience when the play begins and the audience is none the wiser knowing that they're part of it so the, you know the, the, the they would pop up out of the seats. They would pop out and, and go to the stage when something happened. I'm not going to go into detail, but something happens, and then they're like, oh, should we go up there and help, and should we go there and help? And, you know, other audience members are hushing them and, you know, not knowing that they're part of the show, and then they eventually go up there and, and become part of the story. So That's it's great because the way she told the story uh, with our imaginations, and I imagine Lewis was doing the same thing. I was picturing myself sitting in the yeah. theater. Uh, so it was almost... A flavoring for a few minutes of what it would have been like to be sitting in the theater one of those nights. Yeah, I would love to have been there. But what she did mention, which was interesting, and this is a, a, a call around the world to our various Podshock listeners, fans, and, and uh, devotees, she mentioned that she believes that the producers filmed one of the performances. So the quest is <laughs> the on. Quest. The quest is the quest. We have to find <laughs> Doctor Who and the Seven Keys to Doomsday. Uh, the producers apparently uh, re 
you know, did a recording of the of the play, and it's never surfaced. If it has, I've never seen it. Well, hopefully, it was on film, and it's not something they recorded over a la BBC fashion. <laughs> yeah, and, and wiped it out. <laughs> yeah. So that was very exciting, and we do have a, a, a an interview with Wendy that we rec- recorded exclusively for Podshock, and she was very gracious. We did have a chance to talk to her a lot uh, off the air, uh, you know, talking to her about some of her experiences, and it was great fun. And like I said, the convention was awesome. I can't wait to come back next year. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Well, we're going to uh, continue on our journey into the into the night as we drive from uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, back to Long Island, New York. Until then, be well.